You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We are back with another episode of Gospel-Centered Rest. I am joined again with Pastors David and Pastor Byron. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Good to be with you again. Yeah, it is. It is good to be with you guys, too. Um, any big news in either of your lives? Anything wild and, <laughs> wild and crazy? I just threw a curveball there. You weren't expecting that question. I can success... I, I can... You want to take uh, that one? Sure. I can say that there is no big news <laughs> in my life. I, and at this point, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think I'm good. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. Byron, do you have anything to report to concerning your cat? Or your cat seems to come out in a lot of these episodes recently. No, nothing major. He's no. an ongoing presence for sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. Is he a good mouse hunter? He used to be. Used to be very proficient, but he's getting older now, and he's not quite so spry. <laughs> he's looking for older mice. <laughs> Same speed as him. Well, not that I don't know anything about cats, by the way, and no. you can tell that by just by what I just said. <laughs> Have you guys ever had a cat? Uh, never. We never. we babysat a kitten for two days once. <laughs> But I am I am blessed. Here's my blessing: is we have uh, uh, one of our sons is allergic to cats. Oh, very. So it hasn't even been a discussion in our family. Yeah. So it's just like forget. We'll that. Now I, I'm going to get hate mail for that one. There you go. But there I do go. I do love people who love cats. <laughs> See, it's just we have three people that are allergic to cats in our house. What? But there's two cats. Oh, okay. And it's the people who are allergic to the cats that love the cats. So you think, hey, if, wow, that if they want to put up with it, fair enough. Do you guys have like a lot of reactant on hand? They handle it. Yep. It's an ongoing daily drugs for some. Oh, I that good for them. That is really, really good. Well, I couldn't think of any better way to segue into our conversation today. It's true. Today's conversation it's true. is all about. Here it is, Byron. Drum roll, please. Our COVID discussion beyond the rhetoric. Now, just to start off, some of this um, we decided to discuss and talk about today based off of some of the things that we've been seeing in the book of Acts, and in particular this past Sunday, as David was preaching through chapter four of the book of Acts and highlighting the reasons why the apostles really faced persecution and the things that the things that are actually worth facing that kind of level of persecution over and the issues that the apostles died for and the issues that the apostles went to prison for always had to do with the gospel always had to do with the death burial resurrection of jesus christ the return of jesus so everything evolved um involving sorry involving the gospel and so today, in what's going on with, with COVID and even in different churches around the world, uh, we're seeing all kinds of discussion around this, this topic of persecution and is this persecution and, and how do we move forward with the COVID guidelines. Uh, so we're just going to have a discussion. So to open it up, here's my question. 
has the church really been closed? And is that really the right terminology that we should be using when we're talking about um, shutdowns happening in cities? And uh, let's just think about Cambridge, shutdowns happening here in Cambridge. Has the church really been closed? If you look at the book of Acts, the church was never closed, and they faced great opposition. Mm -hmm. Even, as we mentioned Sunday morning, Paul speaking to Timothy and saying that he was bound in prison, but the word of God and the gospel of God is is never bound. It's just never bound. So we have had to do church differently, as have had many other, as have all churches um, in Canada. We've all had to do things differently. Um, And we do things differently from one another. And that's okay. Uh, But no, the church has not been closed. Uh, By God's grace, we have a freedom to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a freedom to preach. Um, And we've been able to keep our connection groups, various groups going, Mm -hmm. prayer groups, uh, people reaching out to one another in various ways to show hospitality and, and be connected. So it has been challenging. It has been different. It has not been ideal. And we can talk a lot about that, or we can still remember the blessings that we do have, Mm -hmm. that we are free to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to reach out um, and to love one another. And that is a beautiful gift. Yeah, the gospel has not stopped working. And I think even in some ways, the circumstances that we're faced with around the world have softened a lot of hearts. And God's used that to even bring people closer to him. Like I'm talking to people... Uh, who go to another church here in town and they've been doing things very similar to the way that we've been doing things. And they have reports of, you know, people getting baptized, uh, wanting to get baptized for the first time, people coming to Christ and hearing the gospel for the first time through an online message. Really, we've seen the gospel do some really kind of cool things over the last several months. And even as I'm talking with people at our church, um, I'm, I'm hearing of of, uh, of people giving their lives to Christ. I'm hearing of marriages in some ways being, being restored and uh, families coming together and the Lord's work continuing, the gospel's continuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to say that the church has been closed, I don't think is really a good way to put it. Maybe there's a better way we can put it, but we've been busy. We've been busy doing gospel work. I know here at, here at GBC we have um, and the churches that we're in connection with also have been, even though they haven't been able to meet every week on Sunday, they've still been busy. The gospel's been busy. The Lord's been busy working. Yeah, we've had to go without as a church. Mm-hmm. There have been certain things that we have not been able to do that have been withheld, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's hard, but uh, like we read in James we don't want to rush the process, although we want to be out of the process because these times mature us and yep. grow us. And that's what we're praying for ourselves as individuals in the church, that we would mature through this. Mm-hmm. Byron, would you add anything before we move on to number two? You think we covered it all? I think we're basically covered it. Yep. Yeah. There's, you think we've had freedom to speak we're not being prevented from caring from people. No. We've been able to connect with different people in different ways. And I, I had one elder, for instance, say to me, he's gotten to know people better because of COVID, because of the ongoing personal contact that 
he's been making with them. And I know our elders board was all working towards that, making contact. How are people doing? How are they navigating this? And that is beautiful. That is healthy. And when everybody's together in one place at one period of time, you don't have that opportunity. So Mm. ironically, not being able to meet in a large group on a Sunday morning as we typically would has enabled contact and relationships to develop in new ways. Mm -hmm. I totally agree, Um, certainly. And yeah, so question number two. There are so many different voices out there, so many different opinions as to what's going on, how the church should respond, how Christians should respond, how we should be responding, how, like, how many regulations should we follow, how many regulations we shouldn't be following. There's so many uh, different voices that are out there. So the question is, is, who do we listen to? How do we know who to listen to? How do we decipher what are good voices to listen to? And maybe not so good voices to listen to. What do you think, Byron? I think it's tempting to just have a list. Here are the people you should listen to. One, two, three, four, five. But that is way more simple than healthy. Mm-hmm. Because people change. People don't have everything right or everything wrong. So we have to listen to what people are saying. So I would suggest the question would be better turned around to say, how do we listen or how do we evaluate what we're hearing, wherever it's coming from? So when we take that sort of approach, we're not just swallowing what anybody says, whether it's our Bible study leader or our pastor or Mm. our favorite televangelist or our favorite author, whatever. Those people, we need to think about what they're saying too. And the Bible encourages us to do that, to evaluate, to bring it back to the scriptures. I think it's ironic that you read something like we'll get to in Acts with the Bereans, who Mm. Paul commends for not believing him. You know, well, he's an apostle for goodness sake, yet he says they were more noble because after they heard what he said, they went home and evaluated it through the scriptures. And that's what we want to teach people to do. So that's where we start. That's good. Yeah, we want to test those things. Yeah, and as I I think about that question as well, obviously it's it's a difficult question. But if I were to think about it, I would like people... Or okay, I'll I'll start this way. When I preach, I seek to preach, you know, by God's grace, humbly, mm-hmm. so that those who are receiving um, the words, as you say, ultimately bring it before Scripture. Yeah, um, and not only preach humbly, but present humbly, so that uh, people have opportunity to. Um, to, to, to listen, to evaluate, and to even disagree. Because I understand I'm bringing across an interpretation of Scripture. Yeah. And I'm not always right. I don't always get it or something. It could be said differently, whatever else it might be. And I think how... So by extension, we seek to do that with one another. Yes. Sometimes the conversations going through COVID whatever people believe about COVID, they, they don't open themselves up to further conversation. Mm-hmm. The way that we present shuts down conversation. Sometimes the way people preach 
shuts down conversation and brings division. And, you know, every preacher is guilty of that at, at some level, but you work hard not just on what you preach, but on how you preach. Sure. We work yeah. hard not mm-hmm. just on what we're going to say, but how we say it so that we invite conversation. And, and mm-hmm. so I think a, 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 a learning area in this, um, as we have conversations with others, is just humility. Humility to, mm-hmm. in, in how we listen, um, the conclusions that we come to, and uh, obviously holding. The thing that united the, the early church together was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They could differ on other things, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we can differ on other things. But we begin humbly uh, knowing what unites us, and we can live with differences. Mm-hmm. And how, how much better is it to, like if you think about it this way, uh, there's something that's really healthy about having others in your life that you may not completely agree with. You want people to disagree with you. You want yeah. people to disagree with you. Um, and you see where when you just surround yourself with the same people that are saying the same thing and that are just going to agree with you the whole time, um, that can that can lead to that can lead to pride. That can lead to all kinds of destructive, uh, relationally destructive ways. Um, and so, it's so important that, that we are okay to have a conversation with somebody who who doesn't agree with us, who mm-hmm. isn't on the same page, and that we can be good to those people. We can show them kindness and show them love and show them grace, even though we might not land on the same page together. So that that leads us actually, we kind of answered it a little bit, but uh, what do we do if we disagree with somebody about COVID? I think David used the word, you used it as well, conversation. Mm -hmm. What is a conversation? It's not just you getting off your chest what you think. It's listening. It's hearing and asking questions so I truly understand what somebody else is saying. That will take humility. Because if you've convinced that you've got all the answers and you're always right and everyone should just listen to you, that pretty much stifles a lot of conversation. But if you want to hear somebody particularly somebody who has an opinion different than yours, whether about COVID or something else, to have that conversation that I'm asking questions and seeking to understand so that they can say, yeah, that is what I believe. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. You know, that at least gives us a basis. And uh, David mentioned James already. He says, be quick to listen Mm -hmm. and slow to speak. Well, that doesn't happen so often sometimes when we get heated. Yeah, and, and I think the question, in part, also is, is, is our understanding of COVID and the implications of COVID, and is that what's going to divide us? Yeah. You know, even in friendships or marriages, sometimes you step back from a discussion you had, and you said, did we really argue about that? <laughs> yeah. And I sometimes Or even, think, what were we arguing what, about? What, <laughs> what, what was that all about? And that's not to belittle people's understanding of how they think what the government's doing now or um, how the gov- what the government is or isn't doing or the trajectory of where this might be, um, where we might be going as a country. It is not to belittle that. But uh, again, again, we come to Scripture, and it was the resurrection and yeah. the freedom to be able to preach that united them. And even when that was taken away from them, the Word of God was not bound. So I think sometimes it's okay to step back. Um, Lord willing, we will come through this. And how do we go through this? Uh, not looking back and saying, that, 
That's what divided us. That's what separated us. Uh, hopefully it's, it's, you know, hope, hopefully that, that just doesn't divide us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is still that command in Scripture to live peaceably, like yeah. as much as possible. And, yeah. and well, you re- Exactly. You read about that in First Peter. And First yeah. Peter was, I mean, you read about it all over, but First Peter specifically talked about persecution. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, is a, that was a challenge to the early church. I was talking with somebody after a service, and they mentioned one of their older pastors said years ago, um, they, were, they divided over whether you could have a beard, facial hair, beard or not. Uh, and, um, and he stopped midway through that conversation when he was sharing the story, and he says, actually, it was the devil mm-hmm. that was seeking to divide us. Mm-hmm. And we are vulnerable mm-hmm. as a church. Um, for the devil to to come in and to divide us, and uh, so so to be able to that's why I'm so thankful we're going through the Book of Acts because it's first things, it's yeah. main things, and it teaches us um, how to hold on to one another uh, going through difficult times. Let's keep the main thing, the main, the main thing, thing. Yeah. and let's um, let's live by the fruits of the spirit, displaying the fruits of the spirit to one another: love, joy, and gentleness, kindness faithfulness, long-suffering towards one another uh, in these conversations. And if you're ever in that conversation trying to figure out, how should I respond to this? Just think the fruits of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Just think. I can just rest in the fruit of the Spirit. Let the, uh, let the Spirit guide guide my tone, guide how I have uh, this, this discussion. So the last question, specifically in regards to Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, gracegalt.com. .ca, gbccambridge.com. Shameless. That's right. <laughs> Has Grace Bible Church overstepped and added to the regulations? Have we overstepped in the things that we've been asking people to do when they come to church and be involved in one of the programs here? Um, what do you guys think? I think the question comes from uh, Romans 13. So have we overstepped? Have we asked more than the government's right. asked us to do? Uh, and I would say that that's a very difficult claim to make. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I don't know if I want to, um, be, because uh, Romans 13 is is broad. They're broad principles. And we're, we're trying to apply a broad truth uh, to... A very specific circumstance. Mm-hmm. So I, I, just, I don't. I actually don't see the connection between the two. Um, what we are doing is we are taking the government regulations, uh, and we're doing our best. We're applying just them like to our context to our to our yeah. context, which mm-hmm. may be different than California, which may be different than Alberta, which may be different than BC. I mean, it, it can be different in in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, if I. My first answer would be, or my first yeah, answer would be, I'm not sure we make the connection. The, we can ask, are, are we being fair or within the ballpark, um, and, but, but not somehow connected to Romans 13. And then finally, I would say, if there is one area that we want to overstep, that's overstep in the realm of grace and mercy yeah. towards mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we are yes. trying as best we can with the information that we have to serve a wide variety of people who hold a wide variety of opinions and, and convictions and all of this. But one of the things that we've asked of ourselves and we've asked of um, GBC is to overstep in grace. 
So you might not, so that, that, so in other words, that's the first question. Um, can, can I outgrace? Can I live in the grace to outgrace others <laughs> mm-hmm. so that if someone's feeling a particular way, I will go out of my way to try to, in their weakness, try to serve them. And if we can learn to do that, then we have learned an extremely valuable lesson yeah. uh, through COVID. And if that extends past COVID, um, that, that, will be, that will be a tremendous gift to the church. I'm 100%. That whole idea of reaching out to others, caring for others. We definitely want to excel the non-believers or the the government around us in in our care, in our love, in our compassion. And I think, ironically, the illustration that comes to mind is that old phrase, go the second mile. Well, what was that about? If I remember correctly, the law, Roman law, said you had to carry the Roman soldier's stuff a mile. Well, Mm. and he taught, go the second mile. Well, what was that all about? It was showing care and compassion. It was going beyond what was expected because you were Christians. So in this situation, can we care for those who are more fearful? Can we care for those who are more vulnerable? Can we care for those who have special needs? Yes, we can. And so we open the doors and we welcome them all. Yep, the elderly. As we talk about Sunday morning. Just caring for people and reaching out. And I think that's what we've been striving to do. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler.